This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to the War Room today. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to have a very special guest with us today. And as always, I always like to say I'm horrible at actually introducing people. And it's a lot easier for you to talk about who you are and what your superpower is. So if you could just give us a little glimpse into who you are, about a 30-second plug of who you are and what your superpower is. Absolutely. Hi. Nice to be here. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> My name is uh, Valerio Zanini, and uh, I, I am an agile and product innovation expert. I run two companies here in Washington, uh, D.C., and uh, I've been doing this for uh, many, many years, both in large corporates where I worked for years, years ago and as an entrepreneur and business owner now for a, for a few years. Yeah, very cool. Good stuff. It's uh it's always interesting like the background of people that we have on the show, so on and so forth. Everything from the far left of sports to industry to all these different things. And it it there's always massive lessons to learn from that. And I'm look really looking forward to digging in here and really finding out how you know your you know past shaped the present so on and so forth and so i always like to start off with this this uh simple question and that is did you come from a family of entrepreneurs so interesting question and uh I, I, yes i i i do yeah cool. I do. my my father um he is an architect and uh, he was a school teacher because there was not enough work as a young architect mm. at the beginning. And so he did that for many years. And at some point he said, you know what? This is not my passion. So he quit and he started his own architecture firm. And of course, roller coaster, but he's been doing that for like probably 50 years now. And uh, I grew up with my father running his own business. Yeah, very cool. So going back to that, right, and focusing on that core of how you grew up, was was there a lot of influence that kind of got you to kind of go down some of these different pathways too? Or did this just come to you at some point? And you were like, you know, I really think I need to take that same path. Where What's the origin story there for you? So are you going back to, to memory? When I was mm -hmm. 11 years old, my father gave me a personal computer, a Commodore VIC-20. <laughs> We're talking about ages ago, right? Uh, uh. And uh, I wanted to play video games, but I, was, I, I got fascinated very quickly by uh, programming. Mm. And it was basic programming, but still, I could do a lot of cool things with that. And I created uh, a tool, a software, to manage my contacts. Now, 
keep this in mind, right? 11 years old, I probably did not have that many hundreds <laughs> of contacts, but still I wanted a software to manage them. So I built this and then I gave that tool a name, a brand name, and then I said, buy and put a company name. That was my first company. It was not registered anywhere, <laughs> but I gave a company name to that software. Uh, and then I said, okay, I'm going to sell it. So I went around my neighborhood to start selling that software. And I very quickly realized no one else had a computer in my whole neighborhood. <laughs> there was no customer. <laughs> so my business failed very quickly, but it was fun. <laughs> hey, fail fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> So how about, how about after that, as you kind of grew up and, you know, uh, got into adult life, did, was that just like a perfect transition into, uh, like entrepreneurship from the things you learned from your father? Is that kind of where it started or, or was it on your own type of thing? So I've been in and out, but, uh, I would say yeah. when I was in college, I started uh, a real company this time mm -hmm. together with mm -hmm. a friend of mine. And uh, it was at, at the dawn of uh, web development, 1995. Mm. And we were among the first company in Italy to, to do web development. And I ran the company together with my friend for uh, a few years, five or six years. And uh, it was part-time, right, during college. I would say my father was extremely supportive of that. He even gave us a room in his office mm. that became head, the headquarter of our company. Mm. And that was cool. But after that, I joined the military. Ah, okay. At the time, it was mandatory military service in Italy. And so I was away for a year and a half. Came back. I chose to do something different. I got hired by a, an American company. Mm in Italy. So I worked for them for three and a half years. And so I, I let go of my entrepreneurship, right? I, I went to work for a big corporate. But the reason I was hired there was because I had that background. I had started something on my own. I had, let's say, the experience of the mindset, the ability to get mm -hmm. things done. Mm -hmm. And my hiring manager really liked that. He needed somebody entrepreneurial. And uh, mm -hmm. so they gave me a kind of an, an asset, right? And differentiator. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. You know, cause there's a lot of like origin stories that, you know, like me, I, I spent 23 years in the military. I retired from the military and, you know, I contribute like 99% of my own success in business was learning military operations and then taking that and putting my own spin on it into the business world. Why? Jesus, don't reinvent the wheel, man. Right? I mean, the military has been doing this stuff for hundreds of years, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, all of those principles are the same. Right. I mean, the military is just, it's just like a great big business. I call it the largest gang in the world. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you do the scale also, right? It's yeah. Small operation. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So you look at how efficient and then sometimes inefficient that is right. Both, but then you apply that small scale, right. And you know, that model works really, really well. And, you know, I imagine you took some of that from your military service too, when you, you know, made that transition back to entrepreneurship of the military process. Some of it, did it apply in, cause were you in the Italian military? Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. probably what I took the most out of that experience was uh, the leadership part, right? Yeah, sure. As, as an officer, uh, like helping people, supporting people, leading people, these kind of things. Mm -hmm. There was like good uh, experience that can you can bring back to the business, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think it's you look at all high performing, right? Any like high performance type of uh, people that have been in high performance positions, whether it's military, sport, you know, athlete, uh, you know really high performing business people do really, really well in the business world themselves on their own. And it's because you've been exposed to high stress situations, right? And all these different things. And I, I notice it in these new startup founders. Um, I do, it's called Boulder Startup Week. And there's probably a couple hundred, you know, 22 year old pimply face kids that are all wanting to start tech companies. Right. Cause that's the cool thing to do. And, but, but just watching them, you know, they've came out of college or whatever the case may be, they don't know what stress is at all. So any little pressure of stress and they just unravel. right? And, and that's a tough place to be when, you don't have that operational resiliency, right? And so, so kind of curious on that topic is how have you seen that play a big part in, in your success, that operational resiliency? Yeah, because also when, uh, when you're starting a new business, you may, well, you, you you certainly think you have a cool idea, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't even start that, right? So you think you have a cool idea. But at that moment, it's your idea. Mm -hmm. Nobody else in the world has yet, uh, like, demonstrated they like your idea, right? So then you need to bring that idea to, to market somehow and then get that validation from the market. Mm -hmm. Now, the market is not there waiting for you. There are hundred or thousand other people trying to do similar things that you're trying to do, right? So it's very competitive, no matter what you do. And yes, there is a lot of stress in a sense, right? And a lot of uh, pressure, a lot of uh, unexpected turns <laughs> and difficulties. And uh, so it's not an easy ride. It's a roller coaster. I always say it's mm. like, like this, right? If you have gone through life in general, trying to have different experiences, trying to uh, open to, to like um, get out of the comfort zone 
and face things that are a little bit uncomfortable, but trying to be there in that space and open up and these kind of things, you probably build that resiliency that allows you to then face the roller coaster more easily. But if you have always lived on the couch and lived a, you know, a cash on life, no, no really unexpected events and these kind of things, then when you're faced with the first big dip in the roller coaster, what you do? I, yeah. a, a lot of people don't like to face that and they quit. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, so maybe you don't have experience as an entrepreneur yet, but you can build that skill set by trying to have a, a variety of different experiences. Try to, um, you said the sport, right? Try to do a different sport, right? Even if you grew up doing uh, football, try play tennis or whatever, right? Just facing something completely different opens up the comfort zone and uh, you learn how to overcome some difficulties. Yeah, man, that's, there was a lot of nuggets in what you just said. And uh, I, I hope those were caught um, for sure. Cause there's a lot of good advice for a young and even some old, you know, it's the, I also see the opposite spectrum, right? When, you know, you've been running a business for 20 years you kind of close mind, you're a bit closed minded, right? And instead of being open minded to new ideas, it's closed minded because that's the way you've always done it, right? It's that's the worst saying in the world. I hate it. Um, because there's always room for improvement in anything we do. And some of those things that you just talked about are the foundations for all those things, right? <laughs> so so I hope everybody out there caught that, um, those little nuggets in there and implement those because they're important. They're really important to, uh, to getting there. Um, but for, for those, you know, hard heads that didn't catch all that, um, if, if you could give like a couple of pieces of mainstay advice to a new business owner, you know, in whatever topic doesn't matter. You know, what, what are a couple things that you would tell a new business owner if they were sitting in front of you right now to avoid some arrows in the back? So a couple of things come, come to mind based on my experience. One is uh, the, the, the work is that I do right now. I, I help uh, normally I work with large organizations, but sometimes I work with small uh, ones as well, adopt agile thinking, agile practices. Mm. Yep. And there is one core, like core element that is, is actually very connected to being an entrepreneur. And that is rapid testing, rapid validation. Mm. Yes, we may have great ideas we may be geniuses but really how many times can we be geniuses in our life right maybe that one spark right may happen sure. so as i said earlier it could be a great idea but we don't know if it is a great idea until we validate that right, right. so that validation is actually the most critical thing to do and the sooner faster cheaper way you do that the better off you are as an entrepreneur because you don't want to spend years and years and years waiting for market validation, wasting your time, wasting your money, 
without knowing whether your idea works or not. You want to instead get to a point where very quickly you have an idea, what can I do to bring this idea to market? And it could be like 10 customers, then need to be like a million customers, right? Just a few customers. I want to share with them this new idea I have, and I want to see whether that idea works for them. Mm-hmm. And if it does, then I'm going to invest my time, my money and whatever to, to grow it. Maybe we build the full product, maybe build the full company or not, right? So the key really is get the idea out, try, trying to find a way to validate as quickly as possible, and then move on. So there would be one piece of advice. Another one is a lot of times I work with some entrepreneurs and uh, uh, as an advisor and uh, uh, they get stuck because uh, they need to uh, protect their idea Mm -hmm. and uh, confidentiality and trade secrets and whatnot, right? So protect the idea as much as possible. But guess what? At some point, that idea needs to get out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It needs to get out in the market. And the problem is the more you try to protect it early on, the slower you are actually validating it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying you should not protect the idea. Of course, it's important. Uh, patents, trademarks, all these kind of things can be very valuable. What I'm saying is don't let that fear, the fear of you losing your idea being copied by somebody else, don't let that fear stop you, slow mm-hmm. you down. Because when you slow down, somebody else is going to pick it up. Yeah. And uh, in the end, the value of an idea is not in the idea itself, is actually in the execution of that idea. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a great idea, you're not executing on it, doesn't matter. Right. Right. So get out there, build something, validate quick as possible, try to be in motion. It may not be the perfect thing at the beginning, it's fine. Right. But you are there. You need to be create some traction so you can, can quick, uh, quickly validate and then decide what to do next. Yeah. 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 Yeah validation fail and move forward right if it's gonna fail right because what nine out of ten of them will probably fail (laughs) startups statistics yeah 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 yeah, you know i mean i can't right yeah i mean i can't tell you you know uh how many times in the last 20 years that i have failed right i mean a lot you know people ask me why do you admit that it's because, well, it's just the truth, right? Everybody just wants to hear like the, you know, unicorns and butterflies crap, right? But it ain't the unicorns and butterflies. Most of the time it's not, right? That's that's the rare part of it. Sure, after you're established and set up and, you know, you got five, six years under your belt, you're still going to run into challenges, but it's just, they're just different challenges. And you know, that validation piece that you're talking about, though, is really, really important to find out if the market even wants it small scale, right? So um, I tell course creators this all the time. And that is, don't go out and spend $100,000 and create a whole course, right? 
create a small section of it yourself, take it to market, sell it at a reduced price and see if the market even wants it first. And then if they want it, now go spend the hundred grand and then scale it, right? So, I mean, but a lot of people get stuck in this idea that I need to have all of it. You need a minimal viable product, right? Yeah, buddy, the issue, right? <laughs> Just yeah. to validate it. So that great point. Um, and hopefully you stopped an arrow today for somebody <laughs> yeah and that's a great point you, you for a co- you mentioned the course but even a, like a, a simple thing like a book even for a book you can get quick validation for example there are tools like lean pub where you can publish your book in uh, in a pdf format mm-hmm. and you can do that incrementally instead of writing the whole book and then publish it write the first chapter yeah. publish it share with the limited audience get their feedback and then you decide what to do for the second chapter and so on right mm-hmm. so incrementally you can quick, quickly validate and it costs almost zero to do that yeah there yeah, are many yeah. ways right to do, to do yeah. this there yeah. definitely are and i've always said just you know it's like in sales get to the no very quickly right <laughs> I always, always is when anytime I do sales stuff or, and I don't really do sales stuff anymore, but, but back, you know, in my heyday, when I was knee deep in that, my whole philosophy is I want to get to know really quick. Right. And cause if not, then you can feel that it could be a yes. Right. But the faster you get to know the less time you waste. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but well, hey, gosh, great conversation. Um, how how do you want people to get get a hold of you? How can people reach out to you? I'm um, I'm on LinkedIn, so easier to to get to me, Valerio Zanini, or slash in slash Bizzanini on LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, you got a you got an easy name to uh, type in. It should come right up, I would think. <laughs> mine not so much there's millions of jason millers so. <laughs> yeah there are already a few valerios and all this, this throw, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah for <laughs> sure well cool well well hey uh i i hope uh you know there are some people that connected with that philosophy of yours and if you did make sure you reach out and have a conversation Happy to continue the conversation and uh, and help if I can. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Well, kind of closing this thing up. There's a final question I like to ask, and that is, if you could have invited anybody here today, any point in time, dead or alive, <laughs> doesn't matter who it would be, to be on this conversation with us today, who would have you loved to have here, and why them? You know the the. The first thing that comes to mind is actually my kids. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, I, w- I, I try to and I would love to get them exposed to this way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, who knows what they will do one day. But uh, if they want to get into entrepreneurship, I mean, I, I would love to be a role model. And now that I, I, I failed myself, I did my, my fair share of mistakes and these kind of things, right? 
But as you say, we can always learn, and I I hope they can learn from those things as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the same way. I mean, my kids are fascinated with what I do. They don't really know what I do because um, they see me do so many different things, um, and they're they're young. Um, I have two young kids, uh, four and seven, and then and then the opposite. My oldest is 29. And then a 23 year old. So it's like, I, I had a midlife crisis, but I didn't buy a Corvette. So it's all good, (laughs) (laughs) but it's interesting to see the dynamic between the older kids and younger kids and how the older kids aren't really interested in the entrepreneurial thing, but the two younger ones, they really seem to be interested in it. Like my son, he wants to do his own business. He's seven. And he wants to already start his own business. And it's called uh, Smash Art by Barrett. His name's Barrett. And he wants to record creating this art, smashing junk up, right? And then uh, he glues it all on these boards and then signs it and, you know, labels it and does all this stuff like it's a piece of artwork, right? And uh, we actually sold two of them on eBay. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's good. Yeah. What an experience. Yeah, right? yeah. So he won your own product and, and being able to sell yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, uh, you know, collect plastic stuff that neighbors throw out. And, and then we record the whole thing. And he's just out there with a big old five-pound sledgehammer, just hammering stuff up, you know. And, uh and we started a little business and he's calling it uh, smash art by Barrett. So. <laughs> Very nice. Very so cool. it's kind of, kind of some cool stuff, but, but anyway, well, Hey, uh, thank you for being here today on the show. It was an absolute pleasure having you here with us today. And I, I imagine there was a lot to get out of that. So I would, uh, you know, just encourage our audience to, listen again. And again, you can reach out on LinkedIn and uh, always connect on LinkedIn and, you know, get, get more of his experience. Clearly it's uh, very obvious that is a plethora of experience in what he does. And I would encourage you all to pick his brain even deeper for sure. So anyway, it was great to have you on the show thank you very much for being here and taking the time to be here. We all have the same 168 hours and uh, thanks for spending the last 33 with me. Thank you, Jason. It was a pleasure. Thank you for the great conversation. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.